All right. Well, now it's time for our special event here, much anticipated by me. <laughs> I hope uh, everybody else has a good time, including our two guests. I want to introduce to you Rex Thurston and John Rule, two remarkable musicians based up in the, um, I don't know how to identify that area, but I, I associate it with Hebron and Willimantic and maybe Colchester. Uh, I'm, am I in the right sort of general direction there? Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it? Okay, that's cool. So thank you for joining me, guys. It's great, of great, course. Yeah, great to have you. Our pleasure. Yeah. Excellent. So you guys have just released, I think it's your newest release of your uh, duo album, Auto Poets which uh, is online. It's available on Spotify, among other platforms, and the, it's entitled The Night Life Has Changed You. Correct me there. Is it available anywhere else on online? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's on like all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, and um, on Bandcamp as well. Yeah, okay. So we, we can go into some other ways people can get, it, get in touch with the music and, and check it out. The first noteworthy thing I wanted to mention about you guys is that you're a duo. When I hear recorded music these days, you know, modern pop music, the, the generation, whatever the hell it is now, Z, <laughs> I guess, I, I'm always amazed that um, the groups, you know, when, when they identify the personnel, they're, they're very small usually, and yet the music is so thick and mm. highly textured and... I wonder well, how do they how do they do this? I mean, I know a little bit about recording and and overdubbing and multi-tracking sure. and that kind of thing, but it sort of struck me as a, a, an amazing thing that you guys make the music sound live, and you do it with just two of you playing, obviously overdubbing. But what was the reason that you decided to be a duo as opposed to a larger group? Uh, you want to speak on that, Rex? I. I think, I mean, we, it wasn't really like a conscious choice um, with, with, be, with being a duo because in the past, John and I have been in other bands uh, with more people. Um, and of course we would, we would have chosen to have more people, I think actually, in, um, <laughs> like I, yeah, I agree. at least maybe not like, uh, in like the final, you know, lineup, but we definitely like love collaborating with people and it wasn't really a conscious choice to be just the two of us, but it was really easy to be the two of us. So it was sort of more convenient to just be a duo than to like keep searching for others. And also because it felt so natural to just be a duo. Yeah, and, you, and we're dealing with COVID, so yeah, <laughs> there, there's uh, the practical consideration as well. Did you have any? Wait, any th wait, 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 wait. What? What's this COVID <laughs> thing you guys are talking about? Yeah, it's a, it's this very, very trendy thing that uh, it's like, <laughs> it's like everybody's talking about are it. You, it's like you know, you can. Richard, are you telling me that I'm behind on a trend? <laughs> I'm not sure if you're... We know uh, about all the trends, okay? We know about all of the trends. Oh, my God. We're gonna, so you're going to school me tonight because um, I know about very few. Here's a guess coming from 
complete ignorance of how you guys got together and all that sort of thing. But I would say that having more people, as you said, Rex gives you the ability to collaborate and, and cross-fertilize with each other, all that kind of thing. Having less people gives you, in a sense, more control over what the final aesthetic is going to be because, you know, you don't, you don't have to stroke anybody's ego. You, you're going to make your choices. It's just two of you deciding. Before we hear a track, uh, I was going to play Confusing Girl as our first track from the album. Wonderful. Which, again, is called The Nightlife Has Changed You. Another amazing thing about it, it has 14 songs on it, which is pretty, <laughs> pretty stunning. Talk a little bit about your, your collaborative process and how you sort of wrestle these things out. I mean, is, is there, are there points that you have to argue uh, and reject? Or, or basically, is it, does it come together kind of in this natural unfolding of creative ideas? It's pretty natural as it unfolds. Uh, I don't really recall us arguing about anything in particular. I think it it um, felt like such a fair, even split uh, in terms of whose voice was being heard across each song, uh, primarily, or across the whole album. We just felt like it was split so evenly. I don't think there was a lot of uh, areas I felt like I was having my toes stepped on at all. I, I don't know if you were at all, Rex. <laughs> Fess up. Yeah, fess up if that's the case. Now's the time to do it on the air. It's good radio. <laughs> yeah, that's um, uh, But uh, no, I, I think it was a very fluid collaborative process, and um, I think we just got lucky. I think some people um, uh, don't get so lucky to fall into such an easy process like we did. So, I, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, honestly. I, I, I think we get, we get along very well, so it's very easy for us to work together. Nice. Well, shall we play a track? And uh, I would love that. Let's talk about it. Yes. Confusing Girl. Anything you want to say about it before we play it? Uh, yeah. It was the first song we did together. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. That is correct. All right. Let's get, let's get confused.
Hey, I'm kind of taken with the uh, the changes in textures in that song, and also sort of the movement between what sound to my ear like live guitars and live drums, and then going into some sort of synthy territory, but coming out of it, you know, back to back to the uh, actual instrumental sounds. What kind of I don't know what kind of evolution brought to you to that to that point where you decided to have live drums. T- tell me what is not live in that in that track. I, I, by, by live, I mean an actual you know instrument playing by by a human. To be honest, I don't think I know if there's anything that's like not a live instrument on that song anymore in its demo <laughs> form. Um, I sent what I sent to like John, you know, it was fake drums and some fake uh, synthesizers for like ambiance. But after John sent me back the vocals on top of it, basically I just added another like two minutes and sent it back to John. And then we just kept sending it back to one and back and forth. And uh, eventually it was just real recording. I believe it is entirely real. Um, Oh, and, and my mom's on it. <laughs> really? Yeah. T- tell me about the vocals. How do you, how do you guys divide that up? I mean, is it um, is one of you like the vocal guy and the other the instrumental guy, or you, you both do both? Kind of different song to song. Um, yeah. It because certain songs, whatever the leading idea was, uh, if it came from Rex. Um, it would kind of just depend on what the leading idea was itself. So if it was like a guitar-based idea that Rex came up with, maybe I would start with the vocals because we already have a guitar thing. But it could also happen the other way around where I have a guitar thing and Rex has a lyrical idea. So this is a conversation Rex and I had off air, but we didn't we didn't come to any conclusion on it. So John, your lyrical ideas, song lyrics, have always been problematic for me as a somewhat retired composer but i and i generally worked from building up a rhythm track on a very old school kind of sequencer and then i might have had a vague idea on the theme and my my stuff tended to be kind of political i I would write songs about okay the horrors that are perpetrated on (laughs) large, large forces of the population of the globe by uh, corporations and bad governments. But that would be it, you know, and then I would I would get my rhythm track and then I would start to t- try to figure out, okay, how can I come up with little snippets that might form like a hook or that might, you know, I, I can come, I can, I can connect to them and attach to them and come up with, with a, you know, a lyric flow. That, that has some some, some some substance to it. Sure. How's you, what is your approach to, to lyrics? Well, my um, our approach, like Rex and mine, or or just mine personally. Yeah, why don't you, why don't you say, say yours, John, and then Rex can chime in. Okay, sure. Um, so probably the easiest way I could answer that question, because uh, it is, again, like kind of a conditional thing, um, I try to consume a lot of music and get an idea of what 
phrases and beats uh, and rhythms really appeal to my songwriting sensibilities or fit with the style that I'm working within. Um, so I really am just, I'm not going to say I'm plagiarizing anybody by any means, but it's a lot of just like you figure out what you like to hear in other songs and you try to find a way to translate what you have to say and what someone else has presented in a different song into your own song. It's like you're breathing life from many different sources into your own song. So uh, for me, I think it just comes from always trying to uh, hear what other people have to say and how other people express themselves. And it provides me with some clarity on how I express myself. Um, but I think there's also an aspect where every person has their own unique voice. So nobody can kind of imitate that thing. So you could take a rhythmic idea or a melodic idea away from somebody, but nobody can imitate your unique voice, you know? So do you start with just the dry idea of what the, what are the lyrics going to be? What are, how, which direction am I going with that? Or are you working in reaction to a rhythm track or, or some kind of musical bed? Yeah, uh, usually we'll work in reaction to a song if there's one present. Like in this case, in this case, a lot of the stuff that Rex sent me, there's already kind of a, a melodic idea being presented. So it's a lot of, I'll, I'll bounce off of that. But um, some songs, I think we might've just started with a phrase or a line um, and built off of just that singular line. Uh, I think it, it just was kind of conditional from song to song. But I yeah. like to do it both ways, you know? So it just kind of depends on which one works better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, your songs have a lot of lyrics, many of which I can't, I can't decipher because I'm not... You know, when I was, uh, you know, in my 20, early 20s or late teens, I, I listened to a lot of um, sort of funky music, uh, some rock and roll, but a lot of R&B type stuff. And man, I couldn't care what the lyrics were at all. Sure. I would just be down there in the rhythm track listening to the way the snare drum uh, you know, bounced off the the, the bass the bass hit and, and that kind of thing. And I was just down there at that level and that would to totally distract me from focusing on and trying to decipher the lyrics. To this day, songs that I listened to back in the late sixties I honestly, I still listen to them. I couldn't tell you what the lyrics of those songs are. <laughs> so, so there's a lot that gets lost in the sauce with with when your songs build up to that kind of you know great cathedral of sound. It's it's hard to hear. I think probably for anybody to pick out the lyrics there, but sure. um, but they keep on coming, you know. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, so that's another question on that before we go to another track we can listen to is um, like when you pick a theme or uh, get a, just a snippet of an idea for, for, for your lyrics and what the song is going to be about, do you try to be consistent throughout that whole song and tell a story? Uh, do you, does every lyric contribute to the same germ of the first idea or do you sometimes swerve and go off into new territory ly lyrically? Huh. Um, I think, like, one thing, I mean, if it was my own music, 
I'd have a completely different answer. So it's like kind of interesting. I, it feels like specifically working with John, I noticed our music was actually really. Uh, I felt I feel like it, it went along with it, this very consistent narrative. So yeah, I'd say that the lyrics all kind of coincide into one narrative in. Uh, maybe not in the entire album, but like in uh, you know a good handful of songs within each song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think they're all very. The lyrics don't really trail off into um, like abstract territories too often, except on a song called "The Nightlife Has Changed You." Uh, the title track. That's where things get like a little more obscure. Um, kind of just depends if we're, um, I guess in my case, it depends if the song is for healing or like, you know, kind of documentary towards something you're going through. Because um, a, lot of, a lot of time that's what writing music is, uh, kind of wailing out loud, as my, uh, my, my mom likes to put it. Uh, but yeah, it sort of depends on the track, but yeah yeah cool yeah that's that's well said i want to mention we're speaking with rex thurston and john rule who are auto poets and uh, they've released how many albums do you have under that that uh group name just the one. Uh, just this one. Oh, really okay yeah because spotify is so weird you know when you go on there they they mm-hmm. it's like they have your album up there the first, the first one, Nightlife Has Changed You. And underneath it, there's like a five more albums that have pictures of you on them and different titles. So I don't know what the heck that's about. But uh, uh, Those are the singles, which are on the album. I see, I see. Okay, so each, each, uh, each song gets its yes. own album cover. That's <laughs> Boy, Spotify yes. is so generous. And you get... Very po- generous. Point zero 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 one cent per play on those, right? Like it's not about the money, man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I'm I'm with you on this because I, you know, put out I don't know four albums with uh, different bands that I've directed, and you know we get these checks uh, once every twelve months for like forty eight dollars or something, you know, and these are all the global airplay that we're getting on these stream on these uh streaming platforms but um so we're talking a lot so maybe we should just play more music sure uh, what i have up here is i'm good at dancing i'd love to hear answer the riddle behind that title you want to do it now are we we talking literally or is that a metaphor (laughs) oh uh it's sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's in quotes in the actual. <laughs> it's like air quotes. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Okay. Oh well, well there's a, there's a backstory here. We should probably get to it. So, um, which one of you had the traumatic experience on the dance floor? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely me. <laughs> um, I I'm not a very good dancer, but in the song, I decide to I, I kind of just it's more of like a it's more of like a, um, a kind of abstract way of capping the song under one blanket um, but it's about it's about being awkward and really confused about social experiences mm-hmm. um, so it's sort of it's sort of about like dancing around relationships and um, 
trying to figure out your way uh, through life, making friends and stuff, but and kind of just you know screwing up and you know figuring out who you are. <laughs> yeah. Right. Keep going. You got another sixty years of trying to do that. <laughs> so, all right. Here we go. I'm good at dancing. Auto poets. You said I put pressure on you Like it's something that's fun to do Well, this is something you are wrong about You see, I walk on a line People looking for signs You're on the phone with a boy The boy isn't me, so it's Well, it's not my fucking just falls off the cliff (laughs) was that what's what was the reason for that choice for it to end immediately yeah for it just to stop like i guess it felt well it felt like a really aggressive song in terms of its just urgency and everything about it is like very urgent and uh, like the vocals, straight from the vocals. I mean, it starts with the vocals. It doesn't. It doesn't have any intro. It just kind of starts right away. And so musically, it felt like well, it has to end at an unexpected moment, or at least at a with silence, without a cadence, without a final chord. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because it felt like I don't know metaphorically and rhythmically that made sense, but. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, that's a, that's probably one of my uh, one of my my favorite moments on the record. Just just out of <laughs> the way it starts and ends. Yeah, I lo- it travels well into the next song, I think too. Okay. Absolutely. Which I have here is out of reach. Is that is that what's next? Uh, I think in, in the track order of the song, it goes into a street couch, which also kind of like oh, starts okay. up very abruptly, and I think it's got a nice flow. Those two back to back. Let me let me see if I can actually 
figure this. Uh, okay, yeah, we can hear Street Couch next. Um, so, Rex, was was that you on vocals, lead vocal? Yeah. That was... Yeah, that's me on lead vocals. I actually made this song um, a little bit before I met Jason. Um, I was writing a collection of tracks for a different band and it just wasn't going well because a lot of the conceptual ideas didn't mesh well with the style that that band um, usually works in. So I put it on the burner for a while, which is another good um, thing I learned from uh, just actually songwriting in general is it's, it's always good to have like stuff that you, you're not sure about, just like leaving it in the background because you never know when you're going to need that stuff. Um, so it actually came in handy because when we started actually working in person for like a four day, uh, uh, you know, like just for four days, just to kind of like flesh out some you know, serious stuff like vocals and drums and guitars and tracking that stuff. Um, I realized that I had that song and I, sh- I showed it to Jason and the vocals were already there. So um, we added guitars and real drums and and I think that's kind of all we added. Maybe some soloing and stuff like that, you know, little textures and stuff like that. But yeah, actually, that that's that's something I made slightly before we uh, got together. I see. Yeah, yeah. Um, my compliments to the drumming on this uh, this whole project. Oh, I yeah. lo- First of all, I love the sound of the the drums. They're, you know, I've seen the drums. It's in your in your bedroom, Rex. So. Uh, I'm wondering, is that is it is that that same uh, kind of what's the word uh, Rube Goldberg machine kind of drum set, or did you come up with a different set for these recordings? Uh, those are actually my drums on the album. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rex did mix them, so like the 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 snappiness of the drums, Rex is definitely very responsible for. Um, but the organic sound of the drums is or is my kit yeah wow is it is it a mixed of uh, species of different species of drums or is it all is it all one drum uh, label? uh it's it's all a uh it's just it's well it's a little mismatched the bass drum is a, a slingerland marching drum from the 60s um <laughs> And the toms are also Slingerland, but not from the same set uh, from 1966. Wow. Um, and there's like a modern snare drum on there. I forget what it is, uh, but it's it's a newer snare drum with it. Yeah, the snare sounds fantastic. And so the marching uh, bass drum, that must be what, like 24 inches or something? <laughs> it's actually only 20. That's the reason I bought it, it is it wasn't, uh, it wasn't too big. Um, yeah. uh, although I'm not opposed to a 24-inch bass drum, it sounds killer. I really like it. Uh, but it's the, they tend to be a little unwieldy and not uh, fun to travel with. So yeah, uh, this one was 20 inches and, and very easy, light and easy to take places. So it was a good grab. Did you have to adapt it in any other way? Like, uh, I don't know what, um, probably had to change the heads. Uh, yeah, the heads were really old on it, um, and because it was a marching drum, it's typically worn on the chest of a human being. Uh, so uh, it had no legs on it, which a uh, bass drum kind of needs, so it yep. doesn't run away from you every time you hit it. Uh, so I had to put some legs on it. But aside from that, uh, it, it came pretty good to go. Nice. 
Very cool. And um, let's see what else uh, we might talk about about that song. How do you use keyboards in in, in your projects here? Are they are you, do you have patches that are kind of more kind of plunky and more mm-hmm. marimba ish, or how do you use them? They don't sound you know sort of misty synthy at all. They sound very percussive, which I like. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, actually, I um, I'm sure I'm not alone in this, but I don't really have a I don't really like the sound of um, like classic synthesizers too much. And when I mean classic, like the the you know like the sharp '80s sound of a synthesizer. So when we want to like add ambience or something kind of to texture, like add texture to a track, um, I'm more drawn to things that sound like a 12-string guitar. Um, or like, like, uh, the song, you still believe in me by the beach boys. Um, there's the sound of the piano is played almost with a guitar pick, not with the actual keys on the piano. So somebody like put their foot on a sustain pedal on the piano and then played the actual strings on the piano with a guitar pick. And I thought that sounded really great. Um, and the closest thing I have to that synthesizer-wise was kind of a combination of different sounds, uh, patches in the DAW that we work, the digital audio workstation that we work with. Um, and it was a, uh, uh, a marimba and a pizzicato string and um, a guchang. Yeah, yeah. Guchang, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it's a, uh, like a, a few string instruments that just played together all this at the same time on that song, uh, I'm Good at Dancing. It just sounded so like strange, like the combination of them, but somehow all fit into place in a really interesting way that I, I haven't really um, been able to find myself. So it was, a, it was a lot of experimenting, trying to like find the right synthesizer, uh, quote unquote. But uh, yeah, a lot of the synthesizers on the album are just patches of real instruments um, yeah. that are played in ways that you don't normally play them. So we're going to move on. Let's check out. Uh, we have Street Couch ready in the batter's box. Ah. Any any uh, points to mention here before we we get into this one? Uh, I just want I just want to acknowledge. Uh, I just want to shout out the couch in the street that the song is about. Yeah. <laughs> I love the title. I love. It. Actually, your titles are all pretty cool. But you know the. <laughs> They're kind Thank of you very much. almost They're, our band name. What's that? <laughs> what's what did this you say? It was almost our band name. Oh really? Yeah. 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 That would that would work, but uh, yeah, it's so, it's so evocative, you know, because you know, um, could lead in ten different directions, you know. So, what direction Absolutely. did this lead in uh, lyrically? Uh, this was this is kind of like a wistful romance of a. Uh, like a wistful summer romance of a time that has now since gone past, you know, late nights uh, side by side on the street couch. Um, the street that is referenced at the, in the first verse is, is right up the street from me. Uh, it's a little cross section right up the street from me. Um, uh, but I've never personally had a romance at that uh, intersection. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Okay. Well, summer summer's coming, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see, you know. Yeah. Street couch, here we go.
Love it. That was great. Excellent. Thanks. Really Thank nice. you very much. How long have you been working together as a duo? Uh, as of this month, a year, I guess. <laughs> okay. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Wow. So you started right at the beginning of this uh, this uh, fad we're having, this COVID yeah. fad. And uh, yeah. here we are possibly looking at uh, some kind of wrap-up of that. What kind of, for both of you, process... And I'm I'm actually thinking of Rex the most because I've I've been following his you know different iterations of of writing and 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 collaborating with other musicians for for a longer time than just a year, but how has your writing style? I'll start with Rex on this. How has it evolved over the I'm going to say three years that I've been checking your stuff out? I mean, how has it evolved in like general, like progressed, um, progressed in general? You mean? Yeah. Well, in other words, when I was hearing your stuff, I guess you could call it your early stuff. You know, you'd say, "What do you think of this?" And I would say, "Well, this is a, I would, this is what I would change here, and this is what I change here." Ah. And I, I kind of like, the, you know, I, I really like this section and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, there were things because of my music musical center, which is which is much more. You know, it's more. It's, it's, it's you know, it comes out of the African African tradition and, mm-hmm. and and the Black New World fusion of, of of African concepts and stuff like that. You know, I was I was coming. Compl- you know, I had I had probably nothing to offer you in terms of constructive criticism, but I I've noticed huge changes in in the material that I heard back then and now. And I'm just wondering if you noticed those changes, and and if so, what what they are. Oh, yeah. Um, well, in a lot of the ways, I kind of just, like most artists, I feel like I create the way that I consume music. And um, and uh, I, since probably the you know first few times I showed you some music, um, I listened to just so much more uh, just different, just very different genres um, of music uh, than when I first started really getting into kind of sampling and... Um, uh, my, you know, first few favorite bands were, you know, Coldplay and uh, Green Day and uh, Daft Punk and uh, some some other house bands and stuff like that. And uh, now it's it's just you know it's just far from that. I listen to you know a lot more rap music than I used to, and um, a lot more just obscure music than I would have guessed. I, that I would get into because um, I think as you, you obviously your taste changes and stuff. So yeah. um, it's really more of a reflection of what I've been exposing myself to music wise. Um, I just have no idea how to respond to, you know, I, I don't know how to like not change the sound uh, uh, without feeling bored. And uh, it's all a reaction. It's just trying to not, not be bored. Um, so I guess, yeah, it's. I think it's a very different sound, and it also depends on who I'm working with. Because uh, uh, the music that I make with John is so different than the music that I make with um, my other band member in the band uh, Litvar, which is L I T V A R, and um, it's just it's all a uh, yeah, it's all just a reaction to what I consume. Yeah, and uh, John, you're. 
I think there's a bit of an age difference between the two of you, right? Yeah. Rex, you're like, are we revealing our ages here? Is that cool? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm 20. 20 years old. And, and John, you're how old? I'll be 28 this year. Okay. So, um, you know, you're different stages in your musical uh, development. But mm-hmm. what about you over this past year of working with Rex? Any, any uh, articulable changes that you you notice in the way you yeah yeah absolutely um working with rex um brought me to a kind of a it brought me to a place where i was criticizing myself a lot less and and just trying to enjoy myself a little more um throughout the songwriting process because that's like the really like it's, it's, it's like the, the kind of the crappy part, but also the like the most interesting part is when you're putting the song together in its early stages. And uh, and it's always like we got a huge kick, out, I think, out of like what the first idea for the song was and what the entire song ended up being. Like, I think Rex and I both really appreciate those kinds of things. Um, and I found that after we did this record together, I just was enjoying making my own songs by myself a lot more because of just working with somebody that you kind of have like similar musical tastes and similar approaches to things. It's just, it can help kind of clarify your own process a little bit. I think that happened for me uh, after we worked on this record together. Yeah. Well said. Well, we're coming down to the home stretch here. I got to get out of here about five of 11. Um, We got, the ones songs that we haven't played are Out of Reach and Unhealthy Exchanges. So we could go to either of those. It might be the last one we'll have time for. Anybody want to cast their ballot? Do you want to pick, Rex? Yeah, sure. I think Unhealthy Exchanges. They're, they're always, I think I agree. They're, yeah. they're always the most gratifying. <laughs> so, okay. Absolutely. What kind of exchanges are we talking about here? Uh, this song, I remember John having more lyrical. Uh, I remember you writing more about uh, having more control over the lyrics on this run. Uh, so if you want to speak on it. Sure. Um, this song uh, was kind of like a, I don't want to call it a three-way romance, but it was kind of like this weird love triangle thing that goes on uh, where you were once with a person, you were no longer with that person, and you encounter your ex-person with her new person, uh, <laughs> and and you're at the same function of that person's go-to, uh, and, and you're trying to be normal and enjoy the party, but it's just weird, and it just seems like an unhealthy and toxic <laughs> scenario to be in when you're just watching somebody with their new partner and whatnot. So uh, that's kind of where the song is driving at all, uh, culminating in ultimately the main character just leaving because it sucks. (laughs) Nicely. Good move. Good move. Okay. (laughs) So um, we are talking with uh, Rex and John, and their band is called Auto Poets. And uh, it's been a fabulous uh, time for me to share these ideas with you. So let's listen to this one. We'll have time to come back and chat for a minute. Unhealthy exchanges. You got to enjoy them, right? Got to enjoy it.
Well, home stretch, as I said, before I remind people of what this whole conversation has been about and where they can find this music, how would you label or identify the genre of this music? I mean, you, you may say none of the above or screw you, pal, I don't want to talk about it or whatever. I mean, <laughs> I mean normally, um, I, I don't really like to categorize things because I have trouble doing that, but I mean, I feel like it, the, if I had to like blanket term the genre very simply, um, it feels like like art rock or glam rock, um, given the influences and our uh, kind of action and like attacked uh, music in general. It feels like that is the ba- the basic term for it. It feels like glam rock. Um, I don't know what John might say. I mean, what would you say, John? Um, I would say, like, glam rock is, like, what I want it to be called. Yeah. But I, I think what the broader public would hear it as is probably not glam rock. I think what the broader public maybe hears it as is, like, it's like emotional rock music, like alternative or I don't want to say it's, like, emo necessarily because i don't think it is but i think it's like singer songwriter emotional singer songwriter music using like rock and roll textures i think yeah yeah absolutely okay i mean it's it's definitely you know strong music it uh thank you there's no way you can experience this without feeling like your short hairs have been engaged so to speak it's (laughs) well thank you very much really has that power So I want to thank you both, Rex Thurston and John Rule, for being here tonight. Auto Poets is their group. The Night Life Has Changed You is the title of their album, available on Spotify and many other platforms. Gentlemen, thank you so very much for uh, for joining me tonight. And uh, I, all great and good luck carrying forward this project. I hope, you, I hope the promotion of it leads to many, many good things for you. Thank you so much. Really? Uh, it was really fun. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much. I had a wonderful time. We appreciate you uh, having us on here. My pleasure. Okay. Take good care. Bye. Gentlemen, I mean, <laughs> audience, community, thank you for joining me tonight. 